Yeah, I told you I stay in the news. So we just finished talking about Pookieology 101 or prison, a.k.a. Prisonology 101 and how black men perceive black women as the biggest threat. Here we make up apparently the way that we're voting or we're not voting is the reason that we destroyed the whole entire black vote. And so I was talking about examples of how, you know, for black male leadership, they don't, they're not doing things in the best interest of their community. Now, guess what came up on my timeline? It says Democratic governor increases school funding for next 400 years with a clever veto. And I just love the mastery, masterminding behind this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and play it. I haven't listened to it. I'm not necessarily affiliated with any of the political views of anybody or what they, this is from MSNBC. It says, this is the last word with Lawrence um, O'Donnell. So, you know, some of the things, I, I don't know that I'll agree with everything, but um, so it says M and MSNBC's Ali Velshi explains how Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers used his partial veto power to raise public school funding for the next 400 years and speaks to Rep. Representative Gwen Moore, Democratic uh, representative for Wisconsin, about how the state has long had a hot and cold relationship with the veto. So let's go. Okay, there's thinking big and then there's thinking really big. The Wisconsin governor, Tony Evers, was clearly thinking really big when he used his veto power on Wednesday to increase public school funding for the next four centuries. Wow. Four centuries. Here's how he did it. This is what Wisconsin's biennial budget looked like when it was sent to governor. So um, what's on the screen? It says for the limit for the 2023 to 2024 school year. And the 2024 to 2025 school year add $325 to the result under par. Okay. Evers' desk to be signed into law. It called for a spending increase of $325 per student for the upcoming school year and the next 2024 to 2025. Before signing the budget into law, Governor Evers whipped out his red pen and with a few key edits, increased spending until 2425, 2425, the year. I know what you're asking right now, and the answer is uh, apparently yes, he can do that, because Governor Evers removed whole words, numbers, and that hyphen between 2024 and 2025. It appears to be legal, with one nonpartisan expert telling the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that those edits, quote, are allowable under the Constitution. Wow, so and because you don't have the visuals, let me go back a little bit. So remember what I read? So they showed in in read the words that he eliminated right so now it reads for for the for the limit for 2023 to 24.25 add $325 to the result under par wow 25 the year I know what you're asking right now, and the answer is uh, apparently yes, he can do that, because Governor Evers removed whole words, numbers, and that hyphen between 2024 and 2025. It appears to be legal, with one nonpartisan expert telling the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel that those edits, quote, are allowable under the Constitution and court decisions on partial veto. 
The hyphen seems to be new, but the courts have allowed partial veto of punctuation, end quote. Now, a veto like this might sound crazy to you and me, but by previous Wisconsin standards, it could actually be considered relatively tame. Quote, former Republican Governor Scott Walker in 2017 used his veto power to extend the deadline of a state program from 2018 Whoa. to 3018. Whoa. You know, and this is, that's wild, right? Because... This is the Democratic Party that the um, Pukiology guy was the one with the uh, Vienna sausage fingers on the last podcast. He was talking about how Democratic Party women vote Democratic Party because we want safety. And so here they are extending, increasing funding for education for the next, uh, what is it, like 400 years. This one used his veto to extend the deadline of a state program, right? So... Is it going to be a little bit of a tax burden on the community? Yeah. But it says um, deadline of a state program from 2018 to 3000 to 3018, y'all. I don't even have language for that. A lot of us are talking about what's going to happen 2020, uh, 2030, you know. But I, this is the first time I'm seeing language for 3018. And I love how far future, how future thinking they are, right? Um, one guy's planning for 400 years, another guy's planning for centuries out. I love that. And I wish that we could incorporate that more in our language and more in, in, in our community too. It says that came to be known as the thousand year veto. He also delayed the start date of another program by 60 years. Now, who knows what that delay is, but let's see. 1,000 years. That came to be known as the 1,000-year veto. He also delayed the start date of another program by 60 years. Now, despite their own creative use of the partial veto in the past, Republicans are not happy about this move. Unfortunately, there doesn't appear to be much that they can do about it at the moment. It would take a two-thirds majority in the state legislature to override the veto, which even in the hyper-gerrymandered Wisconsin seems highly unlikely. And this is so interesting, too, because even when you talk about the between the two parties, it sounded like Pukiology 101 guy from the last podcast was implying that Women should vote Republican, right? Because that's the logical or rational thing to do. And I've been talking or highlighting a lot about how it's really interesting for me to hear black men say that there is no racism. and But they're the ones who are receiving the short end of the stick more than us black women. Our, black women are getting, we get backlash too and we get slapped around a little bit. But they're the ones who are like getting the brunt of these laws. And so... When you talk about um, extending education for 400 years, if anybody needs an, an extension and, and an increase towards education, it's probably somebody that has a fourth grade reading level. When you talk about a school to prison pipeline or third grade to prison pipeline, who do you think is going to benefit more from those education extensions and adding more per student? You know, and so, but if Republicans are opposed to that and you're telling, listen, I can give you what you ask for and I can give you what you want for, for real. <laughs> um, so um, if, if you're going to tell women to vote with, which really is against their, whatever, whatever, whatever. Let's... Governor Evers isn't sweating any Republican bash, backlash because that's none of his business. Joining us now is the Democratic Congresswoman Gwen Moore of Wisconsin. She's a member of the House Ways and Means Committee. Oh, no. 
So it is a black woman, y'all. And it says, Wisconsin GOP cries foul after governor's power move. No, please don't do this, ma'am. I already know where this is going. Like, uh, what, what, let's just listen to what she has to say, because what would be the problem with you increasing funding for 400 years? You know, for education. But let, let, let me just hear her out. But I already, oh God, here we go. Economic Committee and a good friend of our show. Uh, Congresswoman, good to see you. And the reason I'm saying it is because she's probably parroting black men's talking points. And I'm gonna probably going to guess right off the bat that this is not going to serve the best interest of her children. But let's, let's just see. I, I, please prove me wrong. Please prove me wrong. That's all I'm going to say. You this evening. Thank you for being oh. with us. Thanks for having me, Allie. And you did such a good job explaining this veto. Well, I, I'm glad you think so, because I'm not fully sure I understand it. Tell me what, what this is about and why, why, why do you have such a veto? Well, let me, you know, the legislature was very intentional um, about making sure that the governor has the power to, to veto. And so, so in 1910, they decided that the governor could have a partial veto. Now, as you've described, that got to be uh, uh, interpreted in wild, crazy ways. We once had what was called the Vanna White veto, where the governor could literally strike out letters of the alphabet until he got to a letter and then strike out some more and create whole new sentences and whole <sighs> new laws. Uh, that uh, was one of the one of the few cases uh, that went to court and and uh, they that's not allowed anymore. Another was the so-called Frankenstein veto, which Governor Tommy. Okay, but but what this got to love? Uh, and that was where you you know where he vetoed whole sentences and cobbled together sentences to make new law. But this is called a digit veto, uh, and as you indicated. Um, you know, even though governors in 44 other states have a line item veto, this is a veto where you can go into the legislation, legislation and actually cross out numbers and so on, uh, as long as you don't do the other things like the Frankenstein veto or the Vanna White veto. Um, it's been upheld in court. Uh, this has gone back and forth to the court about eight times uh, and six times uh, uh, the court has determined that the legislation, that the partial veto means a part. Uh, and, and the legislation says that a part, that part shall become law. Uh, and because we have a one person, I believe, one person, uh, uh, one Democrat uh, 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 minority uh, uh, to sustain um, uh, a veto, uh, Republicans can't do anything else. Now, not only did they do that, Allie, I don't know how much time we have, but they, he also used this veto to take away a $3.5 billion tax cut for the richest people. Uh, and so the government... Okay, so that that's the underlying implication. So he vetoed a tax cut for the richest people? Well, what's the problem with that? I and and me on path to becoming wealthy myself too. Wealthy people are taxed less, and yeah, we do things to get like the LLCs and protect, you know, put stuff in tax that have tax shelters around them for business and like SEP IRA and Roth IRAs and stuff like that. I'm failing to understand what the problem is here. I don't know, y'all. <sighs> Am I not understanding something? 
So she vetoed, he vetoed the tax cut for the wealthiest people. That means that they're going to be taxed. The wealthier people are going to be taxed, right? Heavier? Oh my gosh. Uh, Republicans can't do anything else. Now, not only did they do that, Allie, I don't know how much time we have, but they, he also used this veto to take away a $3.5 billion tax cut for the richest people. Uh, and so the governor used this same digit veto to reduce that benefit from $3.5 billion to $175 million uh, by eliminating uh, 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 tinkering with the tax rates uh, at, the, at the top two tiers uh, while maintaining those tax cuts for uh, middle class and lower income people. Hey, listen, as a middle class person right now, I need the tax cuts, but I am fully aware I, I you know, um, I won't go too much into the compound um, excitement into being a business and being entrepreneurial, but um, I do understand that not if, but when I become wealthier, I don't have a problem paying the, you know, close to the equivalent of what poor people, they call it a poor people tax, you know. I think it can be a little bit more balanced. I think it's kind of like the, the incentive is for you to become a business person and to be self-sufficient. So, <clears throat> and so they reward you by you having to pay less taxes. Um, but um, at the same time, um, I think it can be a little bit more kind of like still giving back to the community, you know, and or but but even with that being said too one of the things i've noticed is that when you're wealthy a lot of them really spend money on charity you know giving thousands hundreds of thousands millions of dollars back to charitable events and stuff like that too so eh, i i think sometimes people have a negative idea of what happens with the tax system I just don't, for for the life of me, understand. Yeah, so it says, Wisconsin GOP cries foul after governor's power move. And so we're five minutes in. There's three more minutes left, and I'm failing to understand why this is a bad thing. And I hate that they're using this black woman to kind of, I'm pretty sure she got this talking points from a black man, like, because we need education for our children. If anybody's going to benefit more, it's going to be the little black boys that get $325 more per year for the next 400 years. And again, you know, for mo- most people in the black community are middle class to lower in- lower class. Um, so we can use that extra funneling of money from that the higher people, people in the higher brackets can pay for taxes. It doesn't even come down to race at this point. I think you're talking about like education and um and, and tax brackets and stuff like that. So <clears throat> I don't know. I'm probably let's 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 finish this and then let's look at the comments because maybe I'm missing something. You know, 
Tony, Tony the Tiger, uh, I'm going to call him, even though he's known to be kind of no drama, Tony. I want to talk about what this particular school funding plan does. I'm going to quote from the New York Times. It said the, the new budget does not automatically increase the state's spending each year. Rather, it allows school districts to raise their total revenue amount, which comes from a combination of state aid and property taxes, by $325 per student every year, which is the largest increase to the revenue limit in Wisconsin in more than a decade if the lead and that's interesting and so um a lot of people don't know this too but when i was um i sold one house i'm a licensed realtor but i will i probably will not be renewing it for a third time but i remember um the the person that i was helping to sell her home it was a family friend and so it was just her and her husband and she didn't have any children and at the when we were doing the transfer of paperwork, you go over all of this this um cost of how much goes towards education and the highways and the roads and stuff like that and stuff. And she's like, I have to pay that even though I don't have kids. But yeah. And so um they're talking about how that's going to be raised through like the property taxes. Right. So you'll probably. So what? Three twenty five. See if I can pull up a calculator. Um, 325 divided by 12, um, it's about $27. Let's just say, you know, this is not, obviously that's the, the math is not that simple, but $27 more a month in taxes to make sure. But, but again, it's for the people. Like I don't, and I think that's part of the problem that sometimes people have with, um, democratic party, because it's kind of like all of these funding and stuff that does cost us. Um, but at the same time, like how else are we going to make it, especially if a lot of these children have absent fathers in the home and, you know, if you need help for like to have extra teachers, extra school aid, extra resources in the classroom, extra mentoring, you know, and things that maybe a lot of these single parent homes are not able to come up with those extra resources after school programs more exercise and sports programs and more um like arts and stuff like that so i don't know sometimes and again i I think i probably have a little bit more (laughs) nicer attitude towards taxes although i'm i am in california which is one of the most heaviest tax states in the united states but um Legislature does not increase state aid in future years. School districts would then have the authority to raise property taxes. So basically, he's uh, in, in this in this veto, in this digit veto, he's created a vehicle by which schools can rely on increased funding per year for the next 400 years. Um, how it gets funded remains a political question. Well, and I like this, too, because I'm listening to the School of Thoughts. She was talking about the Ivana White, you know strategy and the Frankenstein strategy and then he's getting down into the nitty-gritty about what it really means and funding and property taxes that's like the meat and the core of what matters and I think sometimes when we listen to these conversations it's it's a tragedy because even when I think about how I would address something like this I'm talking to her and he's talking on a whole other level in terms of like let's look at the numbers let's look at property taxes let's look at what that means for revenue right who cares if there was a Frankenstein, you know, veto and stuff like that? But well, I tell you, and thank God that he did because 
uh, right around the time I left the state legislature and went to Congress was when the Republicans and the state legislature really uh, put a freeze uh, on the, these property taxes, you know, so that they could have the talking point that they reduced property taxes. But it is really cost to students over time. Um, and this $350, this the value of these per pupil costs would be maybe $3,500 $3, more uh, than it is now. Uh, not to say we spend $3,500 on students, but the increase on the per pupil spending would be at least $3,400, $3,500 more. And, you know, that's real money, Allie. And over a decade or two, um, it really shows up uh, in, the, in, in, in the professional development of the staff, being able to retain good teachers, uh, uh, being able to... Uh, have paraprofessionals assist in the class. Okay, so it sounds like she's in favor of it. I I don't know why they have in the um why they have somebody's crying foul, but apparently it's not her because she's in favor of it. So classroom to be able to really run a modern uh, a school district. Uh, <clears throat> so so. Legislatures and municipal authorities have been very reluctant to increase the levy. But as you pointed out, it gives them some options. Uh -huh. They don't have to raise the, the levy limit every year. But before these school districts uh, fall woefully behind uh, in their capacity to deliver the educational product, uh, they'd be able to do it without going to a, a referendum. Huh. Okay, let me go to the comments real quick and let's see what people are saying because um, it sounds like she was in favor of it. And even at, in the last part, she said, you know, it sounds like she's in favor of it, but she just wished that they didn't have to do like the referendum or that part of like the the veto. And And so maybe there's just more language that I don't understand, but it says here. What a wonderful governor. In Texas, Abbott does all he can to keep kids ignorant unless their parents will pay for education. Mm. So these people are happy for the, the governor as opposed to, I guess, where they live. Um, the parents have to pay for education. Listen, I think people don't really understand that children are your responsibility. Like there are a whole you're responsible for them. I think sometimes people are lackadaisical about raising their children. Just the other day I was talking about how I was doing the math and it, it it's probably still in the same ballpark because I, I counted, you know, if you send your children to private Christian school, you're looking at about $10,000 a year, right? Um, and I counted it for 18 years, although you're really not technically going to start school until you're eight years old, seven or eight years old. Um, depending on the cutoff of when you're born and stuff like that and when they, they start to matric matriculate you through school. But that's, so let's say 10000 over 18 years, that's $180,000 that you put into this child and type of thing. And people are out here having kids, like it doesn't really cost you that much to have a child who's an upstanding citizen. And I think I want to low-key do a podcast where I'm like, if you're not willing to spend a hundred, but you know what, let me leave that alone. I have to kind of put that together because people are just having kids out here. Like it, it doesn't cost you money to take care of their medical expenses, get them braces, get them mentoring, put them in sports, get, you know, tutoring, 
resources that they need, backpacks, books, you know, travel and things to stimulate their minds so that they can be an upstanding citizen. So, but I'm not opposed to to saying that parents should pay for their own children. Um, So it says, this person says, it wasn't the only veto move ever is made. He also vetoed tax cuts for the rich. I think they said that in the article, didn't they? In, in the thing, it says, but the funding of schools for 400 years is simply a badass move. Take a bow, sir. Take a bow. Thank you, Governor Evans. Yeah, I, I think I like this too. So it says, now that's what I call delivering results by Governor Tony Evers. So an example of leadership in the in the white community, I think also um, these are the conversations that matter. Like the young lady in the other podcast was like, well, people are voting according to sexuality. Ma'am, get into the conversation. <laughs> so it says, well done, Governor Evers. Outsmarted and outplayed by outplayed the Republicans. Eh, two sides of the same coin. It says, finally, a Democrat who with some guts, only if the rest of them... Oh, God, I, I should have known better. He says was, but I think he meant were. Only if the rest of them were like that, it would be wonderful. Um, And so then and so then with that being said, y'all, this is why we need that that funding for education for the next 400 years for real, because you got whole grown adults that don't understand how to put together a complete sentence <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. So it says, um. We need this in New Jersey. Vote for the blue. So And so that's very interesting to use veto power. This is why voting matters. This one says, well, he's right. Have you seen the public, the state of our public schools? Have you seen the state our public schools are in lately? Um, this one says, doesn't sound crazy at all. We need such far-reaching, helpful legislation. You know what is quite possible, too? Because... um. I think that this, the same thing like what happened with the last podcast that I did a review on, I think that what happened is this was part of a bigger conversation. And so that headline, maybe she was there to address somebody who didn't, was crying foul. Um, Although maybe because of the way that she ended the conversation, because she started saying like, oh, this is kind of like the Ivana White and the Frankenstein video and he shouldn't be doing that. It sounds like it might have been her. And then she said, like, she does appreciate the outcome. But at the same time, he shouldn't have had to use that referendum. So I don't know. But it's possible that maybe this is just a a soundbite or a clip of something larger. And so the headline is kind of throwing me off for a little for a loop. This person said, I appreciate the discussion. Way to go, blue team. Now, from the Republican standpoint, I can understand if, if, you know, if they're trying to fight the tax part of things, um, but I didn't really hear their, you know, argument for why they would be opposed to this, Um, especially when it comes to taxes. Like, well, I think that they would be mad if they um, if they're the ones who are having to pay the taxes. So then that would make sense why they would be upset. Um. As opposed to the Democratic Party just kind of saying, like, let's make sure that, you know, we're we're covering. Now, that being said, um, I'm thinking of conversations in terms of like the with Biden's policies on 
Um, you know, law enforcement and stuff like that. And I think it's like if if he ever, I don't know, let me let me leave that alone because that's something I'm working on. I'm going to process my thoughts on that um, because I think I've shifted from how I used to think. And a lot of it had to do with me parroting, I think, talking points from black males, whereas opposed to now, I think I'm processing things a little bit differently. So... Um, it's something I do want to talk about, but I'm going to leave that for another podcast because I like to keep this one to, I like to keep these at 30 minutes. So people are saying here, he places importance on education. Does he not? Um, let me see here. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. So people are just kind of, um. This person put here, Cuba spends, uh, so for education, they spend 12.9% of the GDP. Nambia spends 8.4% of their GDP. Uh, or I think, is it, I think they meant Nambia, but it's Namibia. Namibia. Wait, y'all, I think they meant Nambia, but let me just double check because there's so many. Nambia. Yeah, they meant Nambia. No, it is Namibia. Okay, my bad. It's a place in Southern Africa. Y'all, hey, Namibia. Southwest of Africa, distinguished by Namib Desert along Atlantic coast. And it contains German colonial era, era buildings known for rhinos and giraffes. Okay, so... And then they're saying the U.S. Um, education we spend is 5, 5% of GDP. I don't know what the point is of putting that up because it's not like Cuba is necessarily known for its education. I don't know that they have the best GDP either. Um, I don't necessarily hear the brightest and the best coming out of there. I've heard good things in, of some of the doctors, but like who wants to go to Cuba? <laughs> not I. And then N- N- Namibia, again, I don't really hear them as being on the map as having, like, you know, the best outcomes for their input on education. But that being said, I do think we do need to spend more on education. And this is so somebody who doesn't have kids, but I, I, you know, both of my parents are educators. So we're at the 30-minute mark. <laughs> this person has, like... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. This person has like a hundred clapping hands. This is the kind of leadership people want. One who is looking into the future for our children. I'm very proud of him. So with that being said, y'all, these are the conversations that we need to have. And it's going to take a lot for you to try to convince me, you know, how to vote a certain way. And if the only thing you're going to tell me is that you want me to follow your lead, to vote for something that you can't even articulate, and you're not even thinking on that level and also thinking that it has to do with sexuality. It's like there's so much more and there's so much more potential, right? I think that you kind of have to have a a rigorous mind in terms of how do you come up with that? Like your mind has to be constantly working and in a creative process and using your your not your willpower, but your 
your mind for good, for positive outcomes. So, yeah, that's it, y'all. Until the next one. Bye.